welcome to Best Laid Plans, the podcast about all things planning and planning adjacent. This is Sarah Hart Unger. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is going to do a Q&A, going to be a Q&A. Wow, if I'm making grammatical errors this soon, we may be in trouble, but hopefully not. So I just got back from vacation and let me tell you, that is hard. So I remember a listener had written in pretty recently asking for tips related to coming back from vacation. And I absolutely see why you would need some of them because I am struggling with digging out of that hole right now, although making steady progress. So I wanted to open the episode by sharing a few tips that were sent in by other listeners about how to ease in back to planning and just organized living after a vacation or time away from work. So the first one comes from listener Ms. Candid. She writes, Number one, plan to come back to a clean house, i.e. try to keep the house clean before leaving for a vacation. Totally agree with this. I mean, of course, it's always good to make sure you empty all your trash and wash the dishes so that you don't come back to a house that does not smell great um, or has new critters running around. But beyond that, it is very true that coming back to a fairly clean slate is much preferable than coming back to a half-done mess. I will say for us, that ship kind of sailed because we didn't have any childcare as we were leaving, and I find it very difficult to clean up when I'm also running after three young kids. But if you're able to do so, I think it's a wonderful tip. Number two, as Sarah pointed out, grocery shopping can be done online during vacation or during the trip back home so that some shopping trips can be avoided after reaching home. Yes. I didn't end up doing this, but I did do an online grocery order the day, I think the night we arrived home to arrive the very next day. And that was fantastic. So I didn't have to spend a lot of time with an empty fridge trying to figure out what to make for different meals. If I had really been on top of things, I would have perhaps, you know, put my order in on Thursday or Friday when I knew we were coming home on Saturday for like a Saturday evening delivery. That would have been awesome. But by the time it actually had occurred to me, it was too late for a Saturday night delivery. And so we had ours come the next day. But yes, this absolutely is a great way to make your fridge being empty be less of an issue upon your return home. Number three, plan to order food or make some quick, easy recipes for a day or two until other things are sorted. Yes, we definitely did a little bit of that this week. Just keeping things really, really simple. We actually used Prep Dish, as we often do, and I'll talk about that later. You guys know that is one of the episode sponsors, not this episode specifically, but I also really do use it and love it. I don't use it every single week, but I use it a lot, and it's perfect for coming back from vacation because it's just one less thing I have to think about. And since I didn't bring any cookbooks on vacation, it made it really easy. I could just look at the online menus and kind of create my grocery list from there. So yes, keep things simple. Number four, if possible, try and finish off doing all laundry on a single day or decide not to fret over piled up laundry and know it will get in order sooner or later. Love it. My alternate hack is go on vacation somewhere that has laundry and come back with entirely clean laundry. Okay, we didn't come back with entirely clean laundry, but we did come back with mostly clean laundry, which was really nice. And that is because... With my three kids, we felt it best to stay in an Airbnb and our Airbnb, or I guess it was a VRBO, sorry, vacation rental, and it was a condo, and they had their own washer dryer, which was amazing. So we did a load every other day or so while we were there, and we were therefore able to come home without a bag of dirty laundry. 
And finally, number five from Ms. Candid was try and schedule some time for sharing vacation photos with family and friends. I love that because, you know, it's not all about preparation. It's about enjoyment as well and making sure that you either take time to make an album or even post to Instagram or do whatever you're going to do with those wonderful memories rather than just quickly moving on to the next thing is really important. It helps with the kind of after activity savoring that we love to do so much. I also got some tips related to this question from Amanda. Now, Amanda is actually my IRL friend as well. I think she got to know me through my blog, but she lives in South Florida. And so we actually get to hang out. So she wrote to me another suggestion for the cue about coming back after a vacation. Before you leave, plan for the days when you return. I always plan ahead for the days until the weekend when I can regroup. Think ahead to what you will need. That could be an Instacart order like you suggested, planning to do takeout, or having a few groceries in the house that will be fine to eat when you get back. Laundry, make sure to have some outfits already ready. And know what activities or commitments await you. It might not be a full planning session, but enough to prevent feeling behind. Yes, a little mini planning sesh right before you leave. I love that. And then other people agreed with my suggestion to never, ever come home on a Sunday, which we didn't do. We came home on a Saturday. One step further for me would also be to make sure Monday is more of a catch-up day at work and not a full day of patience. I could have done better with that one, but hey, there is always next time and we're all always learning here. So I just loved all those suggestions and wanted to share them. Next, we will get into our Q&A segment. I did put out a call for questions on Instagram and got a handful. I think we'll tackle about five of them right now. Please keep your questions coming. I am always looking for either questions or suggestions of specific products to review. And I promise I'll get back to some more planner matchmaking in the future as well, especially as we get closer to everyone wanting their 2022 planner. So please keep those coming. All right. The first question comes from Sarah C. Why is planner peace so hard to find? I have planner ADHD this year. (sighs) Yes, Sarah, I have planner ADHD as well. I've had it since March of 2020. Hmm, interesting, right? I have never cycled through planners so much as I have. I do attribute, as I've mentioned, some of it to starting this podcast and therefore having a wonderful excuse to order new planners that I just find intriguing. But I think it's also that many of us keep trying to figure out some solution to what is making things stressful right now. And we're hoping that a planner will make things more bearable, that they will help us focus on the little things and maybe stop some bad coping habits. And you know what? Sometimes they actually do. I embrace switching planners. And as I've said, if you go through four planners in a year, as much as that's not the world's most cost-effective thing to do, you could blow through money a lot faster by buying multiple pairs of shoes or jewelry or Teslas. No, I'm just kidding, but seriously. So I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing. I think the downside can be is if you you know, never get used to using a certain system so that you are always kind of feeling unsettled in your various planners, then the switching is not serving you. But if it's more about like needing fresh starts or different ways of looking at your days to help you get through things, then I personally 
If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, and each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil about creativity, family, food, and travel, productivity expert David Allen on getting things done, and Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on setting boundaries in your personal and professional life. Find a great new episode each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Give you permission to embrace your planner ADHD. I certainly feel like I have done the same. Now, I know ADHD is a disorder. I have a child with ADHD, so I don't want to minimize the actual condition of ADHD. But I get what this person is saying in using it as a descriptor. I think she really means switching back and forth multiple times between multiple planners, hoping that the next one will make everything okay. And who knows, maybe that next planner is just around the corner. Okay, next question. Rocky Mountain Roses writes, how do you plan for the holiday season? Well, Rocky Mountain Roses. I feel like you get credit already because it's August and you're thinking about the holiday season. So really that is half the battle and I think you're going to be absolutely fine. But in all honesty, I mean, the things that I think about in planning the holidays, number one is the budget. You know, the thing that makes it the most stressful to have a bunch of commitments of things to do during the holiday, for me anyway, is not having a specific pile of money saved, earmarked for holiday stuff. 
So as I've discussed on the financial uh, episode and probably other times as well, we use the software You Need a Budget, um, which is an app as well. And so I have a holiday category and I put a certain amount of money every single month in there, basically the same amount every month so that I get a pretty decent sized sum in December that I know is specifically earmarked to holiday things such as gifts for the office staff, a gift for our nanny, gifts for the kids, really any holiday cards, anything like that. So that takes away some of the stress for me. Now, maybe that doesn't stress you out at all, but I don't know, having a dedicated budget for me really helps with the planning aspect of things or is one thing that I do plan from the beginning of the year. The next thing is the gifts. Now we celebrate Hanukkah, although of course I have many loved ones in my life that celebrate Christmas and other things as well. So I you know, have to buy gifts for a number of people, most in my immediate family, Hanukkah, but then holiday and Christmas gifts for others. And I tend to keep a gift list in Apple Notes. I don't usually start it until December. I'll be honest, I'm not that great at planning this. But once the season's getting to the point where I know I better get my orders in, I create a little document where I write each night of Hanukkah as well as anybody else I want to buy gifts for. And I just write a list and check them off. And so that way I keep things organized as you know, there are many gifts during Hanukkah because there are eight nights. Many of the gifts are very small, but it is a lot to keep track of with three kids. And so I do use Apple Notes for that. Of course, physical planning pages could be used as well. But the benefit of Apple Notes is it's easy to send to my husband and it is also easy to just save links in there to things at various sites that I could order online. The third aspect of holiday organizing that comes to mind is the card addresses. I feel like it's a battle every year to get everyone's up-to-date addresses. And honestly, I wish I was better about it. I do um, keep an address book, like a physical address book that I try to update. And around holiday season, if one of the addresses in there looks suspect, like I think someone moved, I will text them and then write in the new one. I could certainly have them all on file at a card company like Shutterfly or Mint, but I like to write out the address myself. I just find it kind of fun and more personal, even though I don't necessarily write anything on the card that I get pre-printed. But yeah, making sure that you have an up-to-date holiday card list. And then finally... You definitely don't have to do anything, everything. You can do some things. You should do something if it makes you happy, but you do not have to do everything. So if it's stressing you out and it's August, then, you know, take a step back and think about what's really, really meaningful to you and maybe pick three things and get them on the calendar and then move on and try to enjoy it. So that is my holiday planning in August answer. All right. Pam Jancy writes, what cookbooks do you use for planning meals? Well, I mentioned previously the Resource Prep Dish, which is a meal planning service where they will basically send you an email with PDFs every week with the entire week's menu. And I do use that quite a bit. It is just incredibly convenient. We don't follow any special dietary plan. So I do make, you know, substitutions sometimes because I want to make sure my kids will eat something. So I sort of do the opposite of what a healthy person would do and like sub white rice for quinoa or something like that. But they're really great. So I do use those quite a bit. And then Dinner Illustrated is a fantastic cookbook. I learned about it from the website, The Frugal Girl, and I bought it on her recommendation. She's very frugal, so she doesn't recommend things lightly. And she was right. It's such a wonderful cookbook. Really has recipes in like every genre, different cuisines. They're not long and hard. We just so many family favorites from that book. And I guess a runner up would be Run Fast, Eat Slow, which came out several years ago and was like done by the 
famous Olympic runner, Shalene Flanagan, and her friend, Elise Kopecky. And I mean, you wouldn't think that the book with a Olympic athlete would necessarily have amazing picks. Like you would think maybe this is just selling because she's famous, but they did a wonderful job. And it just has so many tried and true recipes that our family loves. So we use that quite a bit for weekly meal planning. Next, we have a question from Millie. Millie asks, tips to get on track when you've fallen out of the planning routine. Yeah, this is hard. I mean, some of the vacation tips above will apply, but I think there's different ways to do this. There's like the start big way, meaning clear the decks for an afternoon and literally brain dump everything and kind of you know, start from scratch and make sure your planner's up to date and make sure your priorities are up to date and just clear out all those details and just do like a David Allen style like collection phase where you just make sure you have all those details down so that you can go from there. But that's not feasible for everyone, especially if it's a very busy season or a stressful time that's made you fall out. So another thing you can do is just start really small. Like maybe you don't have a whole fancy planner going. You're just using your your Google Calendar and kind of taking it day by day. But maybe you get in the habit of creating a daily priority list or maybe time tracking a few days to see what's happening to the time so you can optimize that. I think sometimes doing something every day that's a small gesture towards organization and, you know, using your time with intention can really, really help, especially when it's just not feasible either mentally or logistically to do an entire big brain dump. And finally, our last question comes from Millie Bender and she writes, how is Annabelle liking the simplified daily? She tried it. I don't think she's into it as much as I wanted her to be. The colors are so pretty that I thought that would entice her. And she was using the daily pages in the Hobonichi for a while, but I don't think I've seen her fill out a single page in its entirety. So I don't think the layout is necessarily what she wants and is looking for. So I'm sorry to disappoint because I was really hopeful that she would enjoy that planner. However, if you have a child or tween Annabelle's age and are interested in what might be enticing, I, on a whim, because this is what I impulse buy when I'm stressed out, order the Cultivate What Matters Girls Goal Planner. And that thing, she is all over. It's beautiful. It has stickers. The entry pages are more about like, you know, telling the planner your loves and dislikes and goals for the year and things like that. So it's less planning and more just like, I don't know, long range exploration or journaling in a way. But she's really enjoying using that. I guess I got her the extra sticker pack as well, which made her very excited. So I think I'm going to get a positive report from that one. I would like to give her some more time to actually functionally use it before I have her on and sing its praises. But if she does consistently use it, then I will have her come on at some point and do her very own mini review. Well, that is all we have for our Q&A episode today but I would love to continue to answer your questions. So please keep them coming. You know that all of the show notes with links are found on my blog, theshoebox.com. If you go up to the top, there's an icon for best laid plans. You can click on that and always get access to the week's notes. In addition, you can scroll down and send me an audio question, or you can always just um, use my email or my Instagram to send me a question that way, because I love doing these Q&A episodes. And also, as I mentioned, if you're looking for a 2022 system that's different from what you're doing now and would like to do a little planner matchmaking exercise, then send me some info on what you're looking for, and I will try to do my best. 
Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.